I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Okay, so what I want to do today is read an email that I received from a friend of mine. And you guys are just going to have to trust me or not. You don't have to. This is for information purposes only. Um, but I have friends who are extremely well connected in the world. I'm not bragging. It just happens to be true. And so you can take the information or leave it. But this is from one of the best doctors in the country. Um, and it is his summary of what is his experience of COVID-19 and his assessment of the situation in regards to his own clinical research and the clinical research of his colleagues. So here we go. Dear patients, what a difference a week makes in spite of COVID-19. It was nice to see so many of you this past week. I'm honored to serve each of you. And it's a privilege to be your doctor. Last week, my office administered antibody tests to over 900 people. This letter is to explain the different immune responses to COVID-19 recap the results of our office's testing and explain in more detail why I'm a firm believer in antibody testing. The immune system acts the same way in 98% of the population. When you're exposed to a virus, your body immediately starts to make antibodies. The body makes two antibodies in response to every viral or bacterial infection, IgM and IgG. The same process occurs each time your body experiences an infection. The IgM antibody is the first antibody produced by the body and its production peaks at seven days. After 14 days, the production of IgM has stopped and its presence in your bloodstream is diminished. In most people, IgM antibodies are undetectable 30 to 45 days following exposure to a virus. Approximately 14 days following exposure to a virus, the body begins to produce the IgG antibody. Production of IgG continues to increase and hits a peak at roughly 30 days after viral exposure. IgG is the antibody that is with you forever. If your body were to encounter the same virus, IgG is the antibody that is rushed into production upon re-exposure. It is your body's targeted virus-specific immune response to an infection. The IgG antibody is the golden ticket. As I said to many of you, it's not a perfect immunity, but is a more rapid and robust response from your immune system if you are subsequently exposed to COVID-19. For those who tested IgM positive, your result indicates that at some point in the last five to 10 days, you were exposed to COVID-19. Your body has identified the virus and has started to make antibodies to it. The CDC currently recommends that anyone who is exposed should self-quarantine for 14 days. Given what we know about the timeline for the body to begin producing IgM antibodies, my recommendation to those patients is self-quarantine for 10 days. That is in keeping with the CDC guidelines. For patients who tested IgM positive, please continue checking in regularly so we can provide the best care possible. For those who tested IgM positive and IgG positive, 
your result indicates that you are further along in your body's immune response to the disease. Your exposure was at least 14 to 30 days ago. Enough time has passed that your body is able to start producing IgG, but within a time frame that IgM antibodies are still detectable in the blood. My recommendation to these patients is to self-quarantine for five more days in an abundance of caution to prevent the spread of the disease. For those who are simply IgG positive, your result indicates that you were most likely exposed to COVID-19 30 to 45 days ago. You are no longer symptomatic or contagious. You have had the disease and have developed a degree of immunity to it. If you were to be reinfected by COVID-19, your immune system will be ready to fight it. Approximately 70% of the patients who tested positive for the IgG antibody had experienced moderate symptoms of this disease in the previous 30 to 45 days. About 30% of the IgG positive patients did not report any notable symptoms or indicated conditions so mild one couldn't guess at the virus being present. The mild symptoms included a moderate headache and fatigue. PCR, the nasal swab test, is the standard of care used by the CDC and WHO to determine whether a person is COVID-19 positive or negative. It takes three to five days to get the results from a PCR test. I have been testing people for the last six weeks and have formed some impressions about PCR testing. As to its accuracy, I have had five patients for whom I made a clinical diagnosis of COVID-19, though they tested negative by PCR. These patients presented with every classic symptom, high fever, cough, shortness of breath, severe fatigue, and body aches. After making my clinical assessment, I treated those patients with hydroxychloroquine. Upon performing an antibody test on those five PCR negative patients, all were IgM and IgG positive, indicating exposure to the virus and a developing immune response. 12 other patients who tested PCR positive were also IgM and IgG positive. 100% of my patients who were seriously sick with COVID-19 have tested positive for antibodies. Based on my observations, studies I have read, and clinical knowledge, I believe there is a false negative in PCR testing in roughly one out of every five cases. That error ratio is present even when the patient is severely sick and the virus is everywhere in their body. When the patient is only mildly sick or not displaying any symptoms of illness, the amount of virus present in their nose is so low it is unlikely to get a positive PCR result. I tested roughly 20% of my asymptomatic patients who were IgM positive. As of this morning, this is yesterday, by the way, April 29th, 2020. As of this morning, 90% of them were PCR negative, meaning no virus could be found by nasal swab. Some might conclude that means the antibody test is wrong. I wholeheartedly disagree. I believe that the patient is not sick enough to produce the virus else everywhere in the body. And the nasal swab simply isn't collecting mucus that is infectious. There is some merit to the thinking that the patient isn't contagious in that scenario. If the COVID-19 virus is not present in your nasal cavity or oral cavity, then you are not discharging it everywhere. 
Given how many unknowns there are with this disease, I have opted to urge caution and ask that everyone who is IgM positive stay quarantined for 10 days, even if you are asymptomatic. After working with the antibody test for the past 10 days, and in light of research studies done by Stanford University and in New York and Los Angeles, I believe it to be 85% reliable. I'm attaching links to four articles in this email, which I have found informative. I will tell you what I... I will tell you what those links are at the end of this. And now back to the email. Please read them. Given our current constraints, a perfect test is not possible. We have to work with what we have been given. Using the antibody test, I found clusters of positive results in the same family in keeping with expectations for a contagious virus. For example, if a mother has the illness, one or two other people in the household likely have it or have had it. One positive test is significant, but in a family cluster, an additional positive test validates the first test and a third positive test increases the validity of the other two tests. COVID-19 follows a contact respiratory droplet secretory disease process. So one would expect it to spread within a household. So where do we go from here? I'm in the process of procuring more tests, which will allow me to retest all of the IgM positive patients in two weeks. It is my hope that the vast majority of those will have converted to IgG. The best news from testing last week is that roughly 7% of those tested were IgG positive, meaning they had been exposed to COVID-19 and had done very well. That is a higher percentage than we would have expected to see. Those who are IgG positive can go back to work without fear of exposing other people to COVID-19. I retested by PCR, nasal swab, many of the IgG patient population and all PCR tests were negative, meaning no virus was found in the nasal cavity. This patient population also has the ability to fight this virus if they are reinfected. Additionally, I've found that roughly 15% of the patients tested have the IgM antibody, indicating a current infection. The majority of the IgM positive population were experiencing mild to no symptoms, roughly 85%. The most common mild disease symptoms were headache and fatigue with some body aches. Notably, many more people in our community have had exposure to this disease than we anticipated and are still doing great. My results fall in line with the studies conducted at Stanford, USC, and New York. However, the antibody tests I administered last week were not random subjects. We tested a small, focused geographic area, and we were looking at family clusters of viral contagion, and therefore, our percentages of co-infection were higher. Even with that distinction, the denominator in our equation is drastically changed, bringing the mortality ratio closer to what we see with the flu. The fact has not changed that COVID-19 has killed 59,000 people in less than seven weeks in the United States, but it does mean that a lot more people have had this disease and survived. As of April 29th, 2020, the mortality rate in the U.S. was 5.6%. This number is reached by taking the entire known infected population, 1,038,000 at the time of his email on April 29th, and dividing by the total number of known deaths, 59,000 roughly. 
The mortality rate will drastically drop as the known infected population increases. If we were to use the results of last week's testing and included the 10% of the population that has undetected IgM antibodies in the known infected number, the denominator, the mortality rate drops to 0.18%. Data makes it possible for us to move forward as a country. We absolutely flattened the curve by quarantining and self-isolating, and as a result, we did not overwhelm the hospital system as has happened in New York. COVID-19 is a moving target, and my views are evolving and changing every day. I don't get it right all the time, and I will make mistakes, but I'm attempting to present the most current and correct data to my patients. I am daily seeking to understand this virus and provide my patients the best care possible. Please continue hand-washing, physical distancing, in addition to wearing your masks to prevent the spread of this novel virus. I've attached a summary of the results from the antibody testing conducted last week. I'm so proud of my staff, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so that's the email. That's the information. I'm not going to comment right now. Listen to it. Listen to it twice if you need to. This is reflecting real information that is coming in from around the world Look at the Denmark study yesterday. They do believe the mortality rate is that of the flu. It's in that ballpark. This is not the same as the flu. It just happens to be a new second flu. Okay. So just imagine a second flu out there that's going to attack different people than the flu we know does and that those people got it. Okay. There is not a bigger explanation for this. It is a new virus. It is terrible that a new virus entered the world and that people have died as a consequence. But we need to start building some perspective on what this is and what it means to live with this in our society and how we are going to continue into the future. And that's all I have to say. No ads in this episode. No nothing. Um, if you like the podcast, please go to the iTunes thing or whatever you listen to it on and rate it if you don't like it i mean pfft. but uh if you have questions email me cp at i'm your moderator.com and uh i will answer your questions for you and i will verify this email to the best of my ability i think you can probably read it and understand that i myself did not write it and uh yeah if if you doubt my veracity, like, I don't know what to tell you. Stop listening to my podcast. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm Your Moderator. If you have feedback, you can email heymoderator at I'mYourModerator.com or use the hashtag HeyModerator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon, where I'll have additional daily-ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles. You can also go to anchor.fm slash be reasonable and become a supporter there. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Be reasonable. as moderator for tonight's broadcast. 
in my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm Your Moderator.substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!